Good morning. It is Thursday, October 20th, and trending this hour, Liz Truss. The U.K.'s prime minister and conservative party leader has stepped down after just 44 days in office. The conservative party is expected to have a leadership election within the next week to replace her. Also trending, Taylor Swift and Arctic Monkeys. Both have new music coming out on Friday. And finally trending, Thanksgiving dinner. Many people deciding to leave one key dish out of Thanksgiving dinner to save money. And they're asking the question, which one would it be? Oh. If you were to save on Thanksgiving dinner, what dish would you not have on the table this year? Well, I mean, I guess that depends. Like, uh, you know, is there really much value in the cranberry sauce? Yeah, I was going to say cranberries for Absolutely. sure. What? Don't be crazy. I can, I can live without that. No. My, my favorite part of the Thanksgiving meal is the stuffing. Yeah. So I was gonna, I, I there, keep that. there are nuts and bolts to Thanksgiving dinner, which is turkey, mashed potatoes, yes. stuffing, right? Mm-hmm. That's the nuts and bolts. We cannot build this house without this foundation <laughs> that you couldn't toss out. Everything else the is... The green bean casserole can oh, go. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It depends on how elaborate your Thanksgiving dinner is. Mm-hmm. Gets. I would think that you would save some money, obviously on the turkey, but you can't not have the turkey. Would be maybe the pies. Well, you, because you, of the cost of butter and eggs and flour and all the sweetness that goes into making a pie. You you gonna make a pie, or you just go to the store and buy one? What's wrong with making a pie? Yeah, well, that's, no, that's, it's it's mar- Casey. We've had this conversation. It's cheaper just to go it buy is one. Markedly more expensive <laughs> on the arts and crafts of cooking than it is to just go to the store and buy one. Which is now a dilemma that I have because my wife somehow hoodwinked me into buying one of those KitchenAid mixers, mm-hmm. which is like the make everything you ever dreamed of with minimal work. Mm-hmm. And now, as I heard last night. I'm really enjoying cooking. Oh, nice. Oh, great. I was really enjoying having money. <laughs> Apparently, that's not a thing anymore. You got to do the real thing. I mean, that's the old-fashioned way. Well, the, the thing with baking the pie rather than buying it is you can sprinkle love in there. That's true. <laughs> or poison. <laughs> well. Depending on who's coming to your dinner. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whichever way you want to go. You know what you also need at a Thanksgiving dinner? Is a nice a uh, lot of wine. Oh, Go ahead, some wine, but also just a nice persimmon pudding. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like uh, having your great grandmother's recipe mm-hmm. and just you know making a nice batch of persimmon so, pudding. So Kevin has a I don't know relatively large is not right, but you have a somewhat large family. Would that be correct? Yeah, yeah I would say so. Okay, and it, he is a Irish human mm-hmm. an irish catholic human with a somewhat large family here's what i think we ought to do this year casey what we ought to go to kevin's yes. thanksgiving yes we yeah, will all be, sit at the kitty table we'll, even. we'll be kevin's plus one and two at his thanksgiving this year and we'll bring something bring it, some guinness we'll bring the oh, guinness there we go and we'll uh slam some guinness and watch kevin's family fight with each other it'll be great thanksgiving yeah. at kevin's would definitely be the cracker barrel thanksgiving i had a couple years hey, ago there's nothing there's <laughs> nothing wrong with that there's that i guarantee if you were to say Okay, I'm going to make Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> and you tally up the cost of doing that, mm-hmm. and then you include your time and whatever you would pay yourself by the hour, you are probably getting a better deal going to the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> it doesn't taste as good, though. 
Taste is all relevant, Casey. <laughs> I'm telling you. When you work in radio and make the money that we make, taste is a total <laughs> secondary dealio. You would salt a shoe and, and that would be good for you. <laughs> this is some tasty leather. It is 10 minutes after 11. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're listening this morning. And President Biden announced yesterday that the government will release 15 million barrels from the country's strategic petroleum reserve. Okay. So are we resorting to gimmicks? Is this only going to artificially lower prices for the short term instead of a long-term policy to increase domestic crude supplies? Well, so uh, here's what I love about this. It is, again, the hypocrisy of everyone in the government. Of, uh, you know, elected office. So Trump, so so Biden's new thing, and we don't have the audio of this today, but Biden's new thing mm-hmm. is that he came out and said, you people need to really be thanking me because I just sold oil at 90 and I'm buying it at 70. Mm-hmm. So I'm making you guys a bunch of money. Right. Well, here's the thing. Trump, a couple of years ago, tried to buy the oil at $20 a barrel and the Democrats called it a big old gimmick and a waste of money and blocked him from doing it. Mm-hmm. So how can he predict that in the future, the refilling will be at a lower price. Well, he, he can't, and I, I was wrong. We do, you a, do you have a crystal ball there? We, we do have the audio of Biden trying to tell you that you should be thanking him because he's made you money. Uh, take a listen to this. By selling from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve at the higher price of $90 earlier this year and then refilling it in the future at a lower price, around $70, will actually make money for the taxpayers. <laughs> It's, it's, it's all he's making you money, Casey. Mm-hmm. And, and look, you know, I would sooner throw up all over myself than say something nice about Mike Pence. But Pence said this yesterday, and he was right. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is not the stock market. It's not meant to be making money. It is meant to be an issue of national security in which we keep them the, the oil there mm-hmm. in case of an emergency. The only emergency that's happening here is the president of the United States, because he was attempting to appeal to a bunch of radical green leftist mm-hmm. lunatics, has choked off our ability to produce oil and energy in this country. Okay, so the Keystone Pipeline is closed. Russian energy is being cut off from the rest of the world. He just signed billions and billions of dollars into the Inflation Reduction Act, which is all about green energy. It sounds like when he called inflation transitory, is the current cost of oil transitory? It's kind of like a fool me once situation. And and here's a question that I have for you to consider. Which future president is going to have to spend billions on energy infrastructure to rebuild the electric grids when this green dream actually has to run. Yeah, but the, and this is the thing. They're not being intellectually honest. Well, not just intellectually. They're not being honest with anyone about anything because they are so wed to making a bunch of maniacs happy because it's the base of their constituency that they don't care about long-term ramifications. They don't care about long-term planning. They don't care about the reality of how we make it work. They just want to go out and say, look at what we did. Mm-hmm lunatic maniac insane people please keep giving us money and knocking on doors for us now corinne jean pierre because we know she is always a wordsmith and is always <laughs> as a firm grasp on the english language she'll get to the bottom of this she got asked what we talked about why when trump tried to do it at markedly cheaper than what biden did it was it a terrible idea to the democrats and now it's the greatest thing ever and well corinne jean pierre said it's very simple times have changed 
In 2020, when Congress was debating uh, funding for replenishing the SPR yeah. uh, at a low price, Democrats blocked it, saying that it was a bailout for big oil. But now, President so Biden said I, today that it would be a, a good Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about when uh, Donald Trump was trying to sell it at $20 uh, per per, uh, per barrel to buy, to, yeah, to buy it. Look, it was a different time then. It was not the same situation that uh -huh. we are currently in. The reserve was close to full capacity uh -huh. at that time, and so there was no reason uh, to uh, to to, to, you know, to make that type of uh, repurchase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. a, they have no shame, Casey. They just have no shame whatsoever. <laughs> okay, so at some point, the Dems have to own this. They just look like idiots at this point. Be, be honest. It's not working. They've controlled both the Senate and the House and the White House for almost two years. And in that time, energy prices have gone through the roof, and it's because of direct actions they have taken. They need to own it. It's just dumb and dumber. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! All right, it is 15 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And coming up next, we've got uh, a letter that you want to share. Oh, huh? my gosh, Casey. You got something good for us? You know, I have been here almost six years now. I'm coming mm -hmm. up on six years at WIBC, which doesn't seem possible. And I'm about to read you when I factor in three standards to go at the vileness of the hate mail, because you know I love hate mail. Mm -hmm. And I really have kind of three standards that I use in terms of length mm -hmm. of the letter itself, okay, the vileness of the content <laughs> itself, and the ridiculousness of the content itself. And when I put length, vileness, ridiculousness uh -huh. and lump them all together this may be the greatest hate mail i've ever received okay it's next on 93 wibc 19 minutes after 11 is kendall and casey on 93 wibc thanks for joining us on youtube by the way i hear there's a, just a bit of a delay sorry that's not us that's beyond our scope but uh, you can uh, watch on YouTube. Just type in Kendall and Casey WIBC into your YouTube search bar if you'd like to join in. Okay, Rob, you've got a letter. Oh, this is so good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't tell you, Casey, the joy it gives me to know that I do this to other people. Like, I don't know if people send it. After all these years, they still haven't figured out. When you send these sort of things to me, you're just making my day. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what else I will do the rest of this day, but there's a good chance I will not get as much joy out of it as what I'm about to read. Nothing's going to top this moment coming up. I am. Um, this is probably the most epic hate mail that I've ever received when I, I talk about, you know, three things. The length of the letter, mm -hmm. the vileness of the letter, mm -hmm. and the ridiculousness of the content of the letter. And in the nearly six years I've been here, this may be the best one ever, and I have to share it with humanity are you ready you're building it up pretty good are you oh you just wait till i'm done okay this is great are okay. you ready yeah let's do it to rob kendall <laughs> aka the supreme whiner bitcher oh though difficult and tuning into your show is limited 
I'll try to keep my assessment brief, as you are a very easy, hypocritical target. You, oh, he numbered him, sorry. One, <laughs> you portray a know-it-all regarding your multiple experiences. However, you actually have very limited knowledge or can demonstrate positive results. Your time in politics made no difference. You are a political hypocrite. You are not an expert in hurricanes. And you certainly have little or no knowledge regarding music. <laughs> Two. I agree with him. <laughs> your assessment of the Beatles is laughable and pathetic. <laughs> Even viewed by the few musicians you may actually like. And the majority of those around the world, the Beatles changed music and inspired more musicians than any group in history. <laughs> but you, Mr. Know-It-All, hold your completely non-talented personal bias and view their most overrated band in history. Again, you are laughable. Three! <laughs> Your political views are like so many other of your dreaded topics with double standards. You have every right to provide negative comments for the likes of Governor Holcomb, but your attacks go to vile and hateful personal name-calling. Interesting, though. You kiss the ass and gush all over Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch because you previously worked for her. Funny, because she worked closely with Holcomb supports and agrees with him on most everything but you have brown lips when discussing her <laughs> laughable brown lips the only remote reason you have much of an audience is due to being sandwiched between Tony Katz's shows <laughs> I'm guessing you are an insecure bitter person and it will be a good day when you depart from WIBC wow. it's nice to be able to tune out and not get dragged down into your sad state of life. It's not all that terrible, Rob. Mm. Dale. Wow. There's zero chance this guy doesn't hate listen to every word I say every single day. Dale, you don't tune out. Because that, Casey, is that borderline insanity, what I just read, that somebody is that angry at a radio show? Yeah, for someone who doesn't listen, he sure knows a lot about you and what you talk about. Dale, Dale, you have to write us back. <laughs> what is going on in your life mm -hmm. that the radio show and the Beatles... Yeah. Make you that angry. He was sticking up for the Beatles pretty hardcore. It's a radio show, Dale. Mm -hmm. I don't have any power over anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, unlike the politicians that we talk about, I can't do anything to anybody. And yet, Dale's, Dale's, why don't you send that letter to someone who's actually doing something to make your life worse? Dale can turn it off at any time. <laughs> yes, it's, Dale. It's free to consume our content. No and, one is forcing Dale into it. And this is how we know. And this is the people, all the people who write, whether it's Twitter, email, mm -hmm. Facebook, whatever. I know, and I'm going to look in the camera here on YouTube so people will know I'm being serious. I know you don't turn it off. <laughs> I know you sit there and listen every single day to every word I say. And Dale, that's part of why... I say so much of what I say because I know for three hours every day, 
I can make you completely miserable. Mm. His first point was that you're a know-it-all <laughs> and that you have, I think at the end there, that you have a bad taste in music. Yes. I will I will say to Dale, I, I do tend to agree with him right. on that last point. Sure. You and I differ on our music yeah, preferences. I, well, I know you hate stuff with meaning. <laughs> and I know you hate you know anything with any sort of emotion and that's fine that's okay you know what i think music with a beat has its place as well it doesn't all have to be this huge artistic tapestry i did want to uh, look some of us are and kevin and i had this conversation a couple weeks ago there's just two types of people who listen to music there are those of us who are looking for a deep emotional life-changing experience with our music and there are those of us who are lazy with our music are you saying i'm lazy with I'm not, my music I'm, look you, you know what category you, you fit do into. you do realize that you are talking to a person who programmed 14 radio stations across the great state of indiana and i bet chose you, the music and i bet you picked all the hits and i bet leader of the I band did. wasn't any on any of them was it and i had fantastic ratings doing it, two Kendall. two things i do want to say i have never uh Ever once expressed being an expert in hurricanes, I did say that. Yeah, where did that come from? Well, I have said for 10-ish years, I owned a business on the Atlantic Ocean yeah. and was a victim of multiple hurricanes. So right. I'm somewhat familiar with how they operate. Never did I express to be a member of uh, what's the the weather group or whatever. The that, AMS. Yeah, I, I've never once expressed to American be any of that. American Meteorological Society. I have also said about Suzanne Crouch that she is a very nice person. Mm-hmm. Uh, which she is. Mm -hmm. I have also said Suzanne Crouch has as much chance being elected governor as you or I do, and we're not running because she has not stood up to Eric Holcomb. So Dale may also have selective hearing <laughs> in regards <laughs> to being completely insane. Well, the only reason you have any ratings that you do is because you're sandwiched between the Marconi-nominated Tony Katz. You know, and Casey, it's weird. <laughs> I wish there was a way, and I, I surely there can't be, but I wish there was a way that we could compare our three hours mm -hmm. and Tony's next three hours, and it would be wild if we could compare our listeners. Like if if somehow yeah. someone tabulated, and I'm sure Dale has done and, that, and broke it down yeah. hour by oh, hour. Yeah, and, and look, I, I'm sure Dale has done all the research on that, uh -huh. and he would never just run his mouth with no no data whatsoever to back up, mm -hmm, or no. in fact, the exact opposite data from what he's spouting. No, no, no. PPM no. monitors or no. Nielsen ratings, so, nothing like Dale, that. Dale, seek on. help, and thanks for listening. <laughs> it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. My mind, the fact that me Podcaster extraordinaire Joe Rogan and Coleman Hughes were discussing the lawlessness in Chicago and how to go about fixing it. Joe said it can't happen overnight, but there's problems that need to be addressed. He said something along the lines of, uh, you have to work from the bottom up. Yeah, so I want to play this, and then I want to ask you a question, because you have spent much of your life living either in or around mm -hmm. major metropolitan cities. And I think it's a fair question, or the point that Rogan's making is a fair topic to discuss, mm -hmm. because I, there are many people out there that are starting to feel that we are at the tipping point, or even maybe past the tipping point in terms of Indianapolis, which is the tipping point being... Can it be salvaged? Can it be saved? Can it be brought back to what it once was and what it should be? So let's play a little bit of Rogan, and then I want to ask you about that. I don't think you're going to take a place that's been f since 1910 and make it better 
in five years. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to take generations. Sure. But I think it's a valuable thing to invest in. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be a thing that should be thought of as, the, I always say it this way, so I'll say it again. The, if you want to make America great, you should have less losers. Mm-hmm. How do you have less losers? By giving people a better path, by making it so that they don't feel like from the beginning they're saddled down with uh, massive amounts of problems, massive amounts of unsurmountable issues in their community, in their life, in their personal life, and in the, the people that they surround themselves with, their friends. You've got to invest a lot of time and a lot of money and do it with the goal of transforming these places eventually mm-hmm. how much time is it going to take okay so joe rogan is saying that these communities can be elevated and our country can become stronger but it will take a lot of time he's not wrong it will take a lot of time it will also take a lot of funding uh yes and so this is my question to you is you have lived in and around major metropolitan cities your entire life or much of your life Mm -hmm. certainly as an adult Mm -hmm. do you feel places like indianapolis can be salvaged he he was referencing specifically chicago right but can they be salvaged can they be saved or are we at a tipping point of no return (sighs) that's a tough question isn't it uh okay so it's a cultural thing the we have to value life right plain and simple right and sometimes play a little game on the balcony and it's called is that a firework or is that a gunshot yeah and that's it's it sounds like a joke but really because i do live in indianapolis i can sit out on the deck and hear clap 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 right was that a gunshot or was that a firework and that's the situation we're in where people are not valuing life that it doesn't matter and when it doesn't matter to them it becomes not a safe place right and when we go through the defunding the police and prosecutors who aren't holding uh, criminals accountable nobody wants to go downtown right because why would you risk it and that's why people are moving out to the burbs there has to be a reason to go to the downtown and you have to feel safe doing it because yeah there's fantastic museums and restaurants in the downtown area but if you're not going to feel safe going there because people don't value life you're not going to do it yeah and that's a great point and uh, it's a part of a broader conversation we've had um on this show before which is do we even need major metropolitan cities anymore? Like if you live in a Carmel mm-hmm. or you live in a Fishers. Why come downtown? Or a Greenwood. Um, you have everything. It's pretty much self-contained. Now, are the Colts in Greenwood? No. But is there anything in downtown Indianapolis for the most part that you couldn't get in your much safer, secure, public safety first suburban neighborhood carmel seems pretty nice Mm -hmm. fisher seems pretty nice okay but there's the experience that you can't get out in the suburbs like walking around monument circle or in chicago like they were talking about walking around by the bean that's that's something that's fun to do but you're not gonna do it if you don't feel safe yeah 
All right. Um, just wanted to get your perspective on that because I thought that, you know, I know you have lived in many different places throughout your career and you've been oftentimes in or near major mm-hmm. metropolitan cities. And I thought you would be a great person to ask. And you were. I did get a, a, a this is not a hate mail, but I thought it was an interesting uh, question because yesterday, you may recall, I went on a bit of a rant about the straight ticket voter. Mm hmm. And the laziness of mm-hmm. the people who vote straight ticket. And mm-hmm. if all you're going to do is go in there and push a Republican or Democrat or Libertarian straight ticket and walk out, then I'd rather you just not vote because you have an obligation to work through your ballot. So I got a, a, a question about this. And this is a valid question. They said, just heard Rob's rant on voting straight ticket. Although I do some research on candidates, I know I fall short of information. I don't have TV and only listen to radio when driving. It saves my sanity and improves my anger issues. Candidate profiles are weak or non-existent on the internet. Can you help me and all of your listeners find better information uh, thank you sincerely asking for your help mm-hmm. and so i told her i would try to get to this today here's the thing if you try to find out every person's view on every single thing you are going to drive yourself insane it's why we talk <laughs> about with the mailers right or mm-hmm. the door hangers right three ideally three maybe four at the most points and you go with it you have to kind of do the same thing as a voter you can't have a purity test on every single topic but it is easier to find out whatever your core two or three issues are on whatever office that person holds. Well, you're not going to agree 100% with every no, single thing not. they say, because if you do, then it's you running. You might as well be the one running. Yeah. And, and look, people like Joey in the chat, I don't vote straight ticket. I vote for the Republicans individually. Great. If Diego Morales has somehow earned your vote, then you can reconcile that with whoever you got to reconcile that with, but at least you're working through the ballot. Um, the point on this is whatever it is, two or three things, you know, unless you just have gobs and gobs of time. And if you got more than two or three core issues, then you got gobs and gobs of time. And you have to square those because that is the easiest way to pin these people down on. Like, in this, let's use the Secretary of State's race. To me, the number one thing people should consider is which candidate is most likely to stand up to the re- next Republican governor when he or she gets frisky and shuts the state down again. That's the number one thing you should ask yourself. But that's my opinion. Your opinion may be different. Mm-hmm. In the U.S. Senate race, which candidate is most likely to stand up when when the, they once again want to fund record-setting budgets with record-setting deficits? That's the number one thing for me. Maybe it's not for you. Maybe, you know, it doesn't matter. But that's the point is you've got to try to limit your stuff down to two or three things. And then at least you can try to contact these candidates or their campaigns directly and pin them down on these two or three things and proceed accordingly. Mm -hmm. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hey, I wanted to let you know, I think I I just found this out yesterday. Yes. That just this week in Michigan, they had the Emergency Powers Act for the governor as well. When Whitmer shut the state down, just like Holcomb did here in Indiana, they repealed that law. 76-year-old law, they repealed it this week. Well, and the Republicans should have done it here. But of course, as we've told you the republicans in indiana really like what eric holcomb did they really like the idea that they could take no blame and had a boogeyman and said oh well you know we'd love to help you out but you know the governor he's just got these unlimited powers and that's why the last two years that they've been in session they've done absolutely nothing to curtail eric holcomb's powers other than write a bill that was so poorly written it was like lionel hutz from the simpsons wrote it if i don't win your pizza's free that was designed to fail which did fail in court which any person with an iq of seven was able to figure out that's terribly written and is going to fail which 
which is what Rod and Todd, the Flanders boys, wanted. <laughs> they wanted it to fail because they want Holcomb to be, or the next governor, to be able to keep going. It's a scapegoat. Sure, absolutely. So we've got another Tony K coming in. Not Tony Katz, Tony Kennett. Tony Kennett, the uh-huh. greatest education thinker, philosopher, writer, everything extraordinaire Mm -hmm. is going to be with us next he's of course with the uh, uh, chalkboard review there is huge drama going on in an avon school board race and it's unbelievable what's happening all right we're going to get his take coming up from 93 wibc Forty-seven with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Indy Star published some information claiming that an Indianapolis school board candidate was at the U.S. Capitol building during the, quote, insurrection events of January 6th. And they later went on and changed not only the headline for the article, but some of the details within the article. And here to discuss that, Chalkboard Review's Tony Kinnett. All right, Tony. So here's the deal, right? We've had one of these Avon school board candidates on. It was not the person in question, but Avon, like Brownsburg, like Carmel, like Fishers, like Noblesville, has all these hotly contested races in which, again, just like Brownsburg and Carmel and Fishers and Avon, you got a bunch of uh, lunatics, lefty lunatics, who we don't know they're lefty lunatics unless you look into it because they don't have to declare a party, but they're hiding their leftist lunacy uh, and are being challenged by conservative liberty-minded people, and it looks like uh, somebody tried to do a hit job on one of these liberty-minded people in Avon. That's what's been the, That was the weirdest thing to me, is that, uh, so first of all, the author of this article from the Indy Star, which published his news, not as an opinion piece, as straight news, uh, and basically said this is kind of the profile of the school board candidate, say that social media photos and videos out there didn't cite her source, which is red flag number one. Uh, she was in the U.S. Capitol, the description said, and, and in text messages that I've seen between her and between Shauna Lake's campaign manager, uh, they go into detail about how she doesn't really ask them questions like, hey, is, there's a rumor going around. Would you like to provide a comment right. on it? What's going on? She's like, can I have a photo? Because we're running the story. And they're like, well, can you tell us what the story's about? You Traditionally in journalism, you might actually ask for a comment or right. reach out. That That's how a lot of stories seem to go. And she didn't do any of that. So finally, she kind of was like, okay, fine. Let me hear your quote. And then she told him in the text, well, I'm just going to take part of this quote and use it, which she did. So J.D. Thomas, I know J.D., he's actually been on this show before with us, uh, is her campaign manager, good dude. And what you're really seeing here is, and we talk about this all the time, Casey, the media going, rather than being reporters and the umpires, being in the tank, they're being ball players for mm-hmm. one team or another because they recognize, hey, in a and Brownsburg and Carmel and Fishers and Noblesville and all these places, the Liberty candidates have really caught on. Right. And this is especially embarrassing for the Indy Star for a number of reasons. Number one, their subscriber count is dwindling. They no longer publish how many subscribers they have to the Indy Star. <laughs> it's, it's sinking because no one trusts them anymore as a news organization. Um, they are considered one of the lowest rated Gannett publications. It's an affiliate of the USA Today. And they have started hiring all of these reporters. Madison Smallstig is the Pulliam intern, which is a 
another huge <laughs> problem considering the reputation of Pulliam. But they've hired her to write education news stories. She wants to be an activist. So she writes this entire news story, quote unquote, about this candidate from Avon saying she was at the insurrection. She makes special note in the article to say, you know, five people died at the insurrection that day. I'm like, what? First of all, what is someone who was 400 yards away? I've seen the photos in the video. She was 400 yards away Four from football the U.S. fields. Yeah, from the U.S. Capitol building. She's standing out there just holding an American flag, just spending time with other people out there, you know, in the commons. Sure. And, and you know, you have Smallstick comparing her to five deaths in an insurrection. This isn't journalism. That's not reporting. That's a very thinly veiled hit piece that is being disguised as trustworthy. Tony Kennett from Chalkboard Review, one of the great education websites in this country, is our guest talking about this Avon school board rep- uh, candidate who was falsely accused of, uh, at least was insinuated, she was at the, the the stuff that took place in and around the Capitol when she was nowhere near it. And this is a great example, though, right? Because, and you know, I've been a part of this as an elected person before. Once the story's out there, it doesn't matter what the end of it is because forever and always there will be a snapshot or a screenshot or the Wayback Time Machine or whatever mm-hmm. that you were accused of and the story is written as though you did it by a person with an agenda. And, man, I feel terrible for this woman because all she's doing to try is try to serve her community and she peacefully went to her nation's capital, all things which are totally legal. Absolutely. And actually, it's interesting that you said that once it's out there, it's out there because at 5.19 a.m. on October the 19th, the Indy Star originally originally pushed this out, saying in the excerpt, Shauna Lake's campaign manager confirmed she was in the Capitol, capital O-L, that means the building, on January 6th, but said that she was not part of the insurrection. They updated this later after Chalkboard Review reached out and said, hey, you know, you're kind of uh, lying here. You know, what's your response to that? <laughs> so you did this. Yeah, I reached out to him because this is just, it was very obvious. It's wrong. I, you don't, I've seen the videos. She's not in there. There have been no videos that have been published by the Department of Justice, by the January 6th committee. None of the other personal social media accounts that show anyone of Shauna Lake's likeness anywhere near the U.S. Capitol building or in any of the restricted areas, which the January 6th committee has claimed was the insurrection. So they changed it to confirmed she was in Washington, (laughs) D.C., but said that she never went into a restricted area. This is a multi-million dollar news organization, and they they published that at 4.21 p.m. That's about an hour after Chalkboard Review reached out to them and said, do you have any comment for this? So we reached out again and said, hey. You clearly know that you were wrong. I mean, any comment? Nothing. And, you know, the story should be rewritten and it should be top of the fold. We're sorry. We screwed up. This woman was not there. You know, because again, now in her school board race, I guarantee on the Avon Townie chatter at some point, Mm -hmm. if not right now. Did you know she was there? Exactly. And and, and there'll be screenshots Mm -hmm. of the original story or whatever. And the narrative now becomes for this lady who's done nothing wrong. She's a MAGA, semi-fascist. Don't vote for her. That's what people will say. And, so- to, and, and the gross thing is, Tony, I don't mean to cut you off, but the gross thing is, had you not taken the lead on it, you as a, you know, a, a journalist, a commentator, a writer, you did it. It, had you not and the power of Chalkboard Review not been behind this, they probably wouldn't have corrected it. No, and we've seen that before with Chalkboard Review. This is when we got Anderson. This is the same way that we got Anderson University to back down on their racist practices with uh, uh, Pastaro from uh, the former you know, NSA director um, with their racist or their racist listening sessions. I do want to point on one thing, though. You said if I had write, written this story at the beginning, if I was in her shoes, you know, and I was the Pulliam intern and I wanted to be an activist and I really wanted to hurt her but do it credibly – 
I would call the candidate and I would ask pointed questions and say, why were you in Washington, D.C. on the 6th? Mm -hmm. And I would try to get her to say what I wanted her to say. But when you don't come, you don't reach out to the candidate and you just say, hey, I need your photo. We're running a story on you. It's not credible. You're not even doing a decent job of being a progressive journalist. The only thing you're doing is being an embarrassing intern and a failed journalist for the city of Indianapolis. And, and here's the thing. Look, and I don't live in Avon. I live right next to Avon. But if I did, I'll tell you right now, uh, by the way, Lake for School Board is her website, her actual website. If you want to know her views or contact her, Lake, the number four school board. I would totally vote for this woman. Oh, I don't. I, no matter I'll, what. I'll at this go point. one further. As as an individual, as as Tony Kennett, you know, sitting here on the air right now. If you're in the Avon Community School Corporation, vote for Lake. Vote for Lake. She's been lambasted, and I'm going to put it this way: If these kind of individuals are making this garbage up to slander her, then they must be pretty terrified of the power she's putting back in the hands of parents. And you were just in. I don't mean to cut you off, Casey, but you were just in Brownsburg, didn't you? Do a fundraiser for one of the guys that's running out there. I went out and spoke to some uh, different individuals out there, talked to some candidates, well, kind of worked through things that they were talking about. I actually said, hey, I would suggest that you go out and talk to voters about this. And, and again, my you know my classic line, don't give them buzzwords, give them examples, right. be willing to get into the nitty gritty and answer hypotheticals that are tough to answer, that you might have to change your answer on over time as you learn. That was my advice. And shocker, that seems to be appealing to parents. Yeah, Dave Tinky and Tiffany Dearman, who are running in Brownsburg right next to Avon, are phenomenal people. And I know they're dealing with all sorts of crap, uh, crap too. Tony, quickly, okay, so you mentioned right at the beginning when we first started talking about this, that it's the difference between reporting the news and reporting opinion, right? This wasn't an opinion piece. That is correct. Do we know this this young intern, this reporter, uh, is she just trying to get clicks? Because Pasa is... Could it could it be possible that she wrote this headline and got more points on, you know, there's programs that will help you do this, write a good headline that yeah. get clicks? So I don't know if she wrote the headline. I can't claim that for her. But I will say this. It's not the first time that Madison's written a story for the Indy Star that's been more activism than journalism. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looks like, based on this, it certainly won't be the last. And that's unfortunate. Hey, Tony's coming up next. Yeah. For Tony. Tony's the guest host today. Tony in for Tony. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you for listening, Rob. Thank you. And Kevin, good job. And we're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's 93 WIBC.